Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm John McKellar of the Glasgow Comets. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Scott, baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Welcome back to the show, Jason. I know that you were kind of busy the other week when I had Marina and uh, Ewan on. Um, well, that was a, a great show, and many thanks again to those two for joining us. Uh, tonight, we're, we're here. It's the end of the Scottish baseball season for another year. Uh, the single A Caledonia Classic took place this past Sunday. Um, I don't know if you've managed to see the stream yet. No, I missed it. I, I spent all Sunday in bed feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> Well, um, the live stream, of course, was this past Sunday on Baseball Scotland's Facebook page. Thanks again to Paul for having me along to, to host that stream. Um, and uh, it's the Tabor Breakers. They've done it again. Uh, an unprecedented and quite historic three trophies this season, Jason. Is there anything like that, that that you can think of from back in the day that even compares to that? No, back in the day, we only had uh, the league winner. So that was about it. So the Calendar Classic is a, a new thing, obviously. So, uh, yeah, well done to them. Absolutely. We've seen them win uh, a single-A division title in both Caledonia Classics. For a team that's already really in their second full season, that's quite astonishing. It reminds me a lot of the GBA team from 08, where they went 1-15 in the first season and then won the league the second year. So uh, mm -hmm. I guess there has been precedence of something like that happened before. But yeah, second year of the team, I guess if you're the second year team, that's your year. You just have to go from that year on out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to speak to someone from the single A Port Breakers. We're going to talk to Scott Black, who played second base this past Sunday during the game. Um, it was a great game of baseball, actually. It was an 11 8 win for the Breakers in the end. It was a five inning game. Uh, we, the umpire and crew, of course, Thomas Haywood, a very uh, experienced umpire. He had quite a lot to do. There were quite a few uh, kind of decisions he had to make. There was one that was a, a box situation and stuff like that that I was very confused by. I think a lot of the players were as well. Um, there was a situation where I think it was an attempt at a hidden ball trick or something was was what someone said to me. Um, and then because uh, Captain Pan, who was pitching for the single A breakers, uh, took the mound and stepped on the rubber without the ball in his glove, um, that was why uh, Thomas said that he had called the balk. But I was just com completely confused as to why he was calling the balk in a situation that I was like, I don't know why he's called the balk there. It, does, it looks like they've tried to tag someone out over at third base. How's that a balk? And... Um, but yeah, that's that was what the call was that was made. Um, that is the rule, yes. So if you try to hit yeah. ball trick, you cannot step on. Uh, it's either the mound. I believe it's the mound, not the rubber. So as soon as you step on the mound, then that is a balk there. So yeah, so that, he called it correctly. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that our guest this evening would disagree. Uh, we're going to get him on just shortly, but we've already got a couple of comments uh, here. Um, both Stephen Loudon and uh, my buddy Mark Joss up in Aberdeen. Uh, Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks so much for joining us uh, here on the live stream. Uh, they both said uh, good evening to us. So, um, Jason, why don't you uh, tell me about your uh, your night out that you had the other week? I had suggested that you might have uh, partied well into the wee small hours. Just how far did it go? <laughs> oh, it was a work trip, and uh, yeah, it was the summer party for us. And so uh, we started drinking as soon as we crossed the border, so 10 a.m., and went till midnight. And uh, yeah, you'd say it was a little rough the next day and the next day. So uh, <laughs> it was good times. It was nice to meet everyone from my company because uh, we're only required to be on a Tuesday. So to kind of meet people kind of outside the office hours was, was fantastic. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a long day. I haven't done that in a long time. What was the, what was the Danny Glover quote for Lethal Weapon again? You're getting too old for this shit. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah you, you could say that there, uh, especially when, you know, half your office is half your age. So it doesn't help to try to keep up with the kids. 
Yeah. Enough about us, though, Jason. As we said, we're here to talk about uh, this astonishing team, the Tayport Breakers. They've won three trophies this year, uh, the single-A division and both Caledonia Classic trophies. Very massive congratulations to Tayport. Special congrats, of course, to Jason West, who's the guy who really brought that that club together and is really the glue that holds it all together. Um, they've, they've built an amazing... Uh, roster uh, pretty much out of pure passion for the game uh, you know the pickup of Shin Yen has really uh, focused them in terms of their pitching they, they know they can trust that guy Captain Pan has come on leaps and bounds like this season in single A he's pitched so well and he's been so consistent and this past Sunday there were a couple of situations and Ewan and I touched on it the other week when we were on the show they've had their back to the wall in so many big games this year and I think in large part because uh, in single in single A captain and uh, in triple A you've got Vilsa Shinyan. These are guys who don't let the moment overwhelm them. They they rise to the moment and they're able to sort of pitch in high pressure situations. And captain was in quite a few of them this past Sunday. Threw well over 100 pitches even in a five inning game um, and was able to get them over the line. And, and just massive props again to, to the Tayport set up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you, you know, it's always nice when you start a new team and, and you know, do have success early on. So, you know, that's going to attract more people about, say, you've got a winning culture. Uh, it's exactly what you want when you start a new team. Absolutely. Let's say we get our guest on for this evening. Hello, Scott Black. Uh, thank you so very much for joining us this evening uh, of the single A Tayport Breakers. You played second base this past Sunday. Uh, massive congratulations on the victory over the Glasgow Comets and 11 to 8 win. Um, but uh, before we get into this this past Sunday, let's do what we normally do. And we'll first off start with how you got involved with baseball. Um, how about you tell us about how your interest in baseball first started and, and what led to you uh, becoming a baseball player? So, my interest in baseball. Now, I don't watch much baseball, I'll be honest with you. I have watched the occasional game. I do follow a team, I suppose. Um, but my original passion was American football. Um, so, I played that in Aberdeen. Uh, a lot of knee injuries, a lot of bumps and bruises. I thought maybe we need something a bit more slower paced. At the time, there was no clubs in the, you know, anywhere north of Edinburgh. Um, so, I put some messages out to what was in the Aberdeen page and the Dundee page. Heard nothing for a year about that. And all of a sudden, both both pages messaged me back. Would you like to come play baseball? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so I lived in Arbroath at the time. Uh, so Dundee was a much closer choice for me. It was just me and five other guys, maybe, just throwing the ball about in the park. Didn't really get much, up to much. We were allowed to do one scrimmage game, combined team of Dundee and Aberdeen versus Edinburgh, I believe. After that, we just couldn't get anything going in Dundee. So Aberdeen was still looking to make a team, so we went up there. Played in Aberdeen for three years, four years. Basically from the start of Aberdeen's club to the start of Tayport's club, basically, that's where I played. Um, played for the Oilers with Stephen Evans and whatnot. And then and there was rumours that another Dundee Tayside sort of club was going to be formed. And I got a message from uh, Ross Marnie, who Jason appointed as head coach. He asked me, do you want to come join us, be a coach? And I was like, mm, do a, do a. He's like, you get, keep your number. I like, I'm coming. <laughs> 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 and and that, that was basically it. Just joined the Tayport team. Uh, Jason's built a great team. Uh, over the years, 
lot of new faces coming in, a lot of old faces coming in from other clubs. Um, but yeah, been, been great. You mentioned the number there, uh, and you got told you can keep your number. Does your number hold a special significance to you? Uh, so I wear 26, so I'm born on the 26th of August. My brother was born on the 26th of April, and my dad was born on the 26th of May. So <laughs> 26 is a pretty, pretty strong number for us. Yeah, and now Jason, you started nodding there when you mentioned the scrimmage game. Uh, do you What do you remember about that, that mixed uh, squad scrimmage game? Oh, Back yeah. Then? Uh, well, Brian Edwards was the coach there, so a uh, bit of a character. And, and uh, <laughs> when he set the field up, he set up the field so the football goalposts were directly behind the shortstop. Yep. And it was just like, don't worry about it. You'll just play around it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think we played uphill. Right. <laughs> it was like the worst possible setup and we had to tell them to change it and then we still played downhill and right field was probably maybe 200 feet 222 at the card park but it was the most <laughs> safest thing there but I'd yeah. never seen anyone try to play a game with a football goalpost in the middle of the field in play that's how we yeah, trained well, <laughs> was there any sort of ground rule regarding if the ball hit the goalpost or what we, we we stopped it. We said that it's a safety issue. You you couldn't have a game played with that out there. I mean, it was right in center field, and it was like left center. And it was just like, look, someone's going to run into that, and that's mm-hmm. just not safe. No, it doesn't sound very safe, especially over behind short. That's probably one of the busiest positions on a baseball field. If you get a, a ground ball that's hit harder towards you, um, and you have to make a quick move, that could potentially be. Uh, that could potentially end up in, a, in a quite a severe injury if there's a goalpost in the <laughs> left center field. Doesn't sound uh, like an attractive proposition to be who used to play left field as well, having oh. to charge in on a ball and you're, you're trying to <laughs> avoid a goalpost. There's that. And then Brian tried to umpire by standing 10 feet to the right of home plate and Brian. call the kick. <laughs> it was like, no, you can't do that. You can't umpire from the side. You have to come yeah. right there. It, it was a very interesting day, to say the least. Hmm. Now, Scott, uh, let's talk a wee bit more about your time in Aberdeen then. Uh, you yep. mentioned that you played under Stephen Evans. Now, he's a really well-known figure both in Scottish baseball and, of course, uh, with what he's been doing with the GP setup down, down yep. south as well. Uh, what are your memories working under him and were there any sort of lessons that you took from him in particular? Um, so, Stephen, great, great for baseball in Scotland. Fantastic. One criticism I would have him was it's his way or the highway. Which is great when you're when you're starting a team. That's fantastic because you do need that direction, um, and he did build a great organisation there. I believe Aberdeen. We did very well. I don't really remember records too well, um, but in that first few years, we did pretty good. Um, memory wise, I know he just let me play. Um, I didn't have too much experience of playing. I had some knowledge of the game. I know a few rules, um, but he let me play. And he let me play everywhere. I've played almost every position on the field, except for pitcher, I think. <laughs> I think I'm much the same. I've never pitched. I did catch a, a six or so batters for Albert Rodriguez earlier this season in a triple A game, um, just to show how depleted our squad was that day in Edinburgh. Um, it, it wasn't pleasant. Um, I've gotten the idea of being a catcher out of my system, certainly, uh, after doing that. Um, let's talk then about your move to Tayport. Um, obviously, Jason West built that club uh, throughout pretty much 19, 
and uh, 2020. Yep. Um, talk to me about your first impressions of the Tayport setup and, and getting going there. So I believe I am member number four of Tayport Breakers. Um, so when I first joined, there was nothing. You know, we, we showed up, there was a couple of guys, some of the guys that I knew back from the, the Dundee days. And it was just, can we get this going? Can we get this going? And slowly but surely, more people would show up, more people would show up, more people would show up. And we eventually had, you know, what looked like a team. People didn't necessarily know how to play, but we had the numbers, which is always the first hurdle when you're creating a team. Um, first few exhibition games, you might want to call them, for scrimmages. Mm, question, questionable. <laughs> questionable. Um, but then once we got some more of the veteran folk, you know, um, Shane and Marina from Aberdeen, Shin Yen, um, now Paul, Tom, um, David, a whole bunch of veterans that's really helped with the young guys as well, like how to learn to play the game. Um, it's really helped expand the team you know, going forward. I'm not sure how many people are on the active roster, but you know, probably something like 40. How many, people, how many of those show up, I don't know. But you know, it has grown a lot from day one. What would you attribute that rapid growth to, Scott? Is there is there something in particular that you think appeals to people about Tayport baseball? Um, I think because we're so central as well in terms of Scotland, like in terms of, I mean, on the team right now, it's probably guys from five different counties. Um, I, mean, I live in Aberdeenshire just now. Um, there's Angus, Tayside, Fife, you know, Edinburgh, you know, so people from all around. And it's a nice, you know, happy medium in terms of distance between every, every other team. Um, we're also very welcoming, I believe, you know, quite friendly. I know some people can be quite intimidated um, joining a new club or whatever, but, you know, we welcome everyone in with open arms, so. Brilliant. And uh, obviously the first season was supposed to be 2020. Coronavirus had other ideas and you, you did get a couple of exhibition games in that year. Um, however, your first full season was last year. Talk to me about that first season. It was kind of a... Taylor two halves really for Tayport last year. It was a very strong, a very tough uh, kind of first part of the year, and then toward the end of the season, and particularly into the Caledonia Cup playoffs, um, you guys picked up Shin Yen, and that was really from there it was kind of all guns blazing. Tell me about that first season last year and finally getting the Tayport Breakers into the league uh, and playing regularly. Yeah, so it was great, great to be playing games, um, but of course. The issue with any team is you need a consistent pitcher. You know, we had plenty of pitchers, a lot of bullpen guys, but but no one who could play like five innings, you know, or seven innings now. Um, so that, that was our main issue. You know, we could play, we could defend, we could you know, we could hit, but we couldn't put the ball over the plate when we needed to. Adding Shin Yen at the end of the year, you know, night and day. You know, we've gone from a team that didn't win any games to a team that are now you know winning championships. So it's a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, obviously you mentioned it there, you won championships. You didn't just win one or two, you won three uh, titles this year, the Tayport Breakers. Um, that's an absolutely historic season, like no one has ever done that in Scottish baseball. Um, when you hear that and you think about just how recently you guys were struggling, um, what does that mean to you to, to look back at 2021 and then look at now you've got three championships this season? Yeah, you know, you know it means a lot. Um, you know, I joined the team with the idea of building one, building a team that would eventually win. And to have success so early, you know, it's a really good feeling to see like, wow, you know, we did build a good organization, you know, a good program. 
Um, we've added a lot of talent and we're hoping to add a lot more talent, you know, going forward. Um, you know, it, it does mean a lot. It feels great. Um, all the young guys are loving it. All the older guys are loving it. Um, yeah, it means a lot to everyone. Tell me a wee bit more about the experience of this season. You guys had a kind of, I would say probably inconsistent is probably a fair way to put the regular season for the table because uh, particularly in AAA, obviously in single A, it was a, uh, a very kind of it was pretty much a dogfight between the comments and breakers from like the middle part of the season onwards. But in Triple A, quite a, quite an inconsistent season. Um, you managed to get into the postseason at the number four seed over the Glasgow yeah. Galaxy on I think the one of the last days of the season. Uh, I think yeah, it was actually the last, last, day. The last game. The last day. Yeah. Um, tell me about this this regular season and, and was it ever was it ever particularly frustrating because it's been covered by myself by Ewan on both the Triple A Caledonia Classic stream and the episode we did the other week on ball caps and bagpipes. This is a team that in big games very often you guys had your backs to the wall and you always found a way to compose yourselves to get the bats going and to score runs. Tell me about that 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 happening over the course of the season and and what was the process going on there. So we started the season pretty hot, I thought. Um, I think we started 5-1, I want to say. Um, couldn't quite get one over the the Edinburgh Yankees or the Cannons, which are, you know, um, couldn't quite get one over them. And we thought, you know, if we could stay consistent, we can stay number two and hopefully, you know, maybe claw a game back against the Cannons and, you know, maybe take top spot. Then mid-season hit, guys, you know, Fair enough, having to take holidays with their family or work commitments or whatever, you know, struggling to get numbers. So we struggled on the field. Um, we lost some games we probably should have won. We won some games that we probably should have lost. Um, and it did come down to the last day. Um, we needed one win, winning in, and we, you know, we just achieved that. And it was a great feeling. Tell me about that last day of the regular season because the, the, you guys had a lot to play for right up until the eleventh hour. Uh, in single A, uh, it was the Comets and, and Breakers. You, we went into the the last day of the season tied with the same record. It was literally whoever wins today is the single A division champion. Uh, and in the Triple A game, the Comets had already secured third place, so we had already kind of established that we were going to be a postseason team. What, you guys, you guys absolutely hammered the comets on the last day of the Triple A season and got in as that fourth seed. Tell me, tell me about your experience of that last day of the regular season because I remember, I, I remember it quite a bit differently than how you will. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, both games were so important. Um, at the time, I didn't think there was going to be a single A postseason. I don't think anyone on our team realised that. I don't know if anyone else in the league realised that. Um, so we were going in thinking, right, so we win and we've won. Um, so that was really important. And then, you know, we were thinking how much do the Comets want the Galaxy in the AAA um, Caledonia Classic, you know? Are they going to rest guys? Are we going to play a reduced team or whatnot? Get more guys playing time? They didn't. Um, so we won that game and they were like, we won the single A game and they're like, well, we can't have you win both games now, can we? Yeah, so they put out a strong team. Um, and you know, we were just fantastic. Probably one of the best games we ever played. Is there one thing in particular that you would attribute that to, or, or how? What? Where do you think that that came from? Because it was a, a, a very one-sided AAA game that day. Um, obviously, the single A game was kind of a lot closer. Um, it was yeah. you know 
like we've mentioned, the breakers went down early. It was a 5 nothing lead for the Comets after two. You guys rallied back with seven unanswered runs to take that game 7-5 and, of course, single league division title. The the Triple A game was a totally different animal altogether. Do you think maybe it was, was it maybe just the high from winning the single league? Uh, or what was it that you that you think drove you guys to have such a great game, which was something that, like you've said, you hadn't always been able to do all the way throughout the season? Um, so yeah, I mean, we had the AAA guys cheering on the single A guys when they were winning, um, and then the support, you know, going the other way. Single A guys really cheering on the AAA guys, and you know, I I want our guys to play somewhat ruthless baseball. You know, like step on the pedal when we can, and I, I don't know. We were just lights out that day. Um, we were just playing fantastic all over the field. You get into the postseason on the last day of AAA. Um, as a fourth seed, you obviously had to come up against the number one seed Cannons in Edinburgh, and you beat them six to two. I believe was the final score. And what's been told, what's been called, sorry, one of the best games of baseball that that people who have been around the league for a long time have ever seen. What's your thoughts on that day, and what do you remember from from the semi final? Well, unfortunately, I wasn't there. Um, I <laughs> watched. I watched most of the game on the stream till the stream decided. It didn't want to show me any more the most important part. <laughs> um, so I was sort of, did we win? Did we not win? I was just waiting to hear messages back. But from what I heard, you know, the guys really, you know, bared down on it and, you know, just showing that passion to win. And, you, you know, it was the one team that we struggled against all year and, you know, the last day against them, we proved we could do it. Yeah, I was immediately, I was going to ask, like, what does it mean to have finally managed to 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 get that win over the Edinburgh Cannons, a team that you had struggled against yeah. throughout the season. After you had such a hot start to the AAA season, you know, you think, you know, we're going to mount a title challenge. The Cannons just kept winning. And they just kept winning and they just kept winning. Yeah. Like It was so difficult to break them down. You finally get that win in such a big game in the semi-final yeah. in Edinburgh as well. Um, yeah. That had to, have, had, had to have been a great feeling. Oh, it was fantastic. And, you know, I was looking back at the I score and I was looking to see what roster was up to see if it was a depleted cans or not. But no, I was a cans at 100%. That was, you know, every single starter was, I mean, granted, every single player on that bench could be a starter at any team. But that was like their 100% team, full strength team. And, you know, to beat them is a great feeling for our club. So you get past the Cannons, best team in baseball in Scotland. A fortnight later, you have the Caledonia Classic final in AAA against a team in the Edinburgh Diamond Devils who had won eight straight games coming in like they hadn't lost since the All-Star break. Tell me about the, the, the Caledonia Classic final in AAA. I mean, obviously it was delayed for a week because of obviously the passing of the Queen and everything and everything getting postponed. Once that gets postponed, what how are you guys feeling? Is there a jitteriness about it or are you just kind of 100% focused? It's like, we beat the Cannons now, we can beat these guys. You know, it was there was a, a slight moment, you know, a mad scramble of, right, who can make it, who can't make it, who's willing to do what to make it. You know, we had guys booking flights, had guys getting trains at like three in the morning or whatever to make this game. You know, we got there, it was kind of a glum day. You know, we had a slow start. I think everyone felt quite sluggish at the start. And then it did pick up, you know. But me personally, I had a terrible game, you know. But at least there's eight other guys on the field, you know. You know, they can do what they do. Um, to bring what's you know best for the team, um, you know I think we got, you know we we, we were sticking close throughout the whole game. I think a managerial error I would say from the Devils definitely helped us in my opinion. Um, but you know 
whenever teams make mistakes, we got to benefit from that. So you say a managerial error by the Devils. What what in particular is it that you think that they that cost them the game? Um, their their change of catcher, in my opinion. Um, you can put anyone at any position, and they'll probably make most standard plays. You can't just put anyone in a catcher and expect them to make the same plays. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so you guys went the AAA Caledonia Classic. Um, another, I think it was another fortnight later, wasn't it? Uh, there was the single A final because you had yeah. the single A semi finals. And like you've mentioned, the, you guys over, over in Tayport, uh, at one point you were kind of operating under the assumption there's not going to be a single A postseason. Um, yeah. Turns out that's not the case. You guys uh, have to kind of get a, a squad together again for single A. Um, now you played the second base this past Sunday. Um, yeah. Tell me about the single A playoffs. Um, so yeah, like you said, you know we didn't know there was going to be a playoffs. We didn't expect there to be one for single A. And a lot of our guys at the end of the regular season thought, "Oh, this is great. This is it. What a great way to end." And then we're told, "Right, you got to play against everyone again." You know, you know, flip the coin and see what happens. And a lot of us were like, "Oh, do I have to?" You know, a lot of the older guys saying, "We've played so many games now. Can we not get a rest?" But after that Triple A um Classic win, you know, that really brought it back to all the guys like, Wow, okay, we want to win now, you know. Let's let's not just have this triple A get all the glory, let's let's go get some glory ourselves. Now going into the single A uh, Caledonia Classic, were you guys aware of the fact that a win in that game would would make history in terms of the number of trophies you've won this season? Is that something that you were aware of and that you, you know, set your sights on? I mean, I don't think any team goes out not wanting to win. Um, obviously, we've also not won any championships yet. And to go out and win one in AAA and then win two in the single is great. You know, um, how do we improve now? Now, you know, obviously, getting a AAA regular season final would be great. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't think it affects too many guys of oh, we've got a championship, or oh, we don't have a championship, you know, we just want to go out there, play and win, so. Excellent. Um, so you guys uh, win 11-8, it was a similar, uh, sort of a similar script in the single-A Caledonia Classic after that triple-A final, you guys went down 3-1 uh, quite early on. Uh, I think there was an error that, that allowed you guys to tie it up. However, unlike the previous uh, Sunday, the Comets kind of pulled away again and had a three-run lead again. Um, yeah. Was there ever a point where you were like, now this is this is going to be the day that it's not going to be able to happen? Or were you always just, you know, putting your reps in, getting a bat, a by at bat, trying to put ball in, put the ball in play and 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 get on the board? Or, you know, how how did you guys, what was your guys' mindset uh, at that point? Yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of the guys are, they're really good enough with their heads then, you know. We've had it through and we keep batting it into them um, you know, each week, you know. Don't let don't let it get into your head, you know, one at bat at a time, one play at a time. You know, so you know, all the guys on the benches, all the guys, you know, waiting. There wasn't any, you know, thought that this is too far now, we can't we can't call and bring this back, you know. We obviously did go down early, um getting a few Letting a few runs, you know, silly mistakes, trying to be fancy and whatnot, you know, trying to double guys up and whatnot, and it didn't go our way. Relaxed a bit, um, pitch and change for the comments helped us, I would say. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we stuck in it, we, we, we grinded it out. 
right. Now, I want to get your perspective on the block call, because that was a pretty major major call by the umpire at one point in the game. Uh, yeah. What was your what was your perspective on that when it was called? I know that you and I were kind of baffled over in the commentary area um, because it didn't look like any box situation that I've ever seen. Yeah. And also I noted that Saeed of the Comets, uh, he didn't advance as well, like where yeah. I always thought on a box, like every runner gets a base. So I was completely confused by it. So you're right. Every runner does get a base on a box. So that was a mistake by Thomas. Well, kind of. I said to, to Saeed that, you know, you get your base. You can go to second. And I can't remember who was first base uh, coaching for the comments, but they said, don't move unless the umpire tells you. Do not move unless the umpire tells you. To, to that point, ask the umpire, do I get to move? You know? <laughs> because on a balk, every player should get to move. Mm. Um, in terms of the, the balk call, I somewhat disagree with it. Um, the rule is you cannot be, the pitcher cannot be on the rubber, straddling the rubber, or astride of the rubber. Right? That's my understanding of the rule. Mm. I was the player with the ball, you know, standing waiting for um, the person on the third to move he did move i tagged him okay maybe i shouldn't expect wilfie to see see that play <laughs> you know he's watching it he doesn't notice it okay that's on me tom didn't see it paul says he's seen captain on the rubber i didn't see him on the rubber so it is what it is you know you can't expect the umpires to follow the ball all the time can you <laughs> so I mean, it is a, I think it is in a situation, particularly in our league, where we just have to defer to the experience of a guy like Tom, yeah. who's been yeah. there and done it at pretty much every level imaginable. So <laughs> it is very much a situation where it's like, okay, well, uh, as, as far as I can see, like I don't agree, but at the end of the day, he does know what he's doing at the ultimately. Um, so Paul Convoy, the Baseball Scotland president, that might highlight this comment. You can see it on the live stream, says Paul. <laughs> You cannot see the rubber on the live stream. That is, that is nonsense. I disagree. Uh, I'm staying out of that because he's, he's pretty much he's pretty much my boss now. Um, well, Scott, uh, I just want to finish up by asking uh, what um, what comes next, both for your club, the Table Breakers. You've already alluded to that, so I'll get you to expand on that answer. And what comes next for Scott Black as well? What are your hopes and plans for uh, next season and moving beyond? Uh, so for the club, you know, um, at the AAA level, we hope to retain guys that we've got. Um, hope to elevate guys from the single A who, you know, have shown a lot of improvement, get them more game time at AAA. And we also hope to, you know, recruit more, whether that be, you know, anyone from the streets or, you know, or if anyone's, you know, unhappy at their clubs or whatever, live nearby, you know, feel free to give us a bell, you know, we'll welcome you in. <laughs> um, singly wise, um, you know, singly, the league has issues with what singly is, in my opinion. At the start of the year, you know, we just changed from a dev league and, you know, the idea was to get more development for guys. I didn't see much development in terms of like how teams were playing singly. I think people were playing singly to win, you know, sticking guys at single positions and not actually developing players as players. Um, going forward, I don't know, it depends on what the league does, you know. I would prefer to develop players at different positions and whatnot, and that may sacrifice wins. Um, if the rest of the league wants to try and win the Caledonia Cup, then we might have to do the same, which is unfortunate. Um I want to see some of the more, you know, the, the greener rookies and the newer guys get more game time. And because of how 
Singley was structured this year, I feel like we've got the same issues again where bench players, we're still bench players. So going forward, I really need to think about how we do that as a team. Um, for myself, I improve, just improve in every aspect of the game. It was an interesting take there about single A, and I believe that there will be further um, adjustments made to the single A uh, setup. Um, whether that be expansion in terms of like each city ends up with more single A teams or whatnot, um, but I definitely I, I think that there is a lot of kind of fluidity as to what single A is going to evolve to be next season. Um, but it's interesting that you make the point about how single A, in your opinion, isn't necessarily while it's ostensibly supposed to be about developing players at various different positions and giving sort of newcomers and beginners a chance to play, um, you feel like that's not necessarily the case and that people are sort of just playing positions uh, that are maybe depth AAA players and, and just because someone's like above them in the pecking order, they're playing singly every week? Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I was of a strong opinion that, you know, last year's dev league or whatever you want to call it, dev games, they weren't great structures. We were getting three innings max, and really that was only really one inning, you know, of honest baseball. And then how how do you develop a player playing one inning? So we got five innings, which is great. But once again, we're not developing guys, not really, you know, in my opinion. I think we're, we're guys are just going out there trying to win, and you just have the same players over and over again. You know, we had captain playing every, pitching every game, which is great for the team, great wins. Uh, we're not developing any extra pitchers, though. That's the problem. Um, same with first base, same players playing first base, same players playing shortstop. We're, we're not developing players, you know. I don't think anyone in this league is qualified to truly develop someone in terms of like sports science or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think it's something that the league as a whole needs to look into. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a headache for the big guy for the off season, but that's a really interesting take, Scott. Uh, excellent. Uh, thanks so very much for joining us. Uh, that's all from me, Jason. I don't know if you want to jump in and ask anything. Oh, you kind of touched the developmental league. Was it how good has it been for you? So I, I would argue also that that's up to the coaches to get your playing time there. Like I know when I was running things in the Edinburgh for the Cannons, every player got two innings regardless of what it was there. So um, like I said, yeah, it, it's gotten more competitive with the single A. So obviously you're still going to put your best team and, and you're still playing in a, not in the triple A. So it's not as competitive. And that was the reason I think the league started up the single A was so you wouldn't put guys who are new to the game out in right field and pray for the best of them during the game. Um, unfortunately, I missed the whole start of that because my phone froze. So. <laughs> it's all good. I, I was, I was saying, so uh, talking about, say, single A, how's it been good for you for your development of your skills? Um, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been good. You know, it's Hmm. How do I answer this fairly? When you're playing in AAA, you're facing a higher quality of pitcher and, and fielders, and I think you have to be facing better quality to get better. Um, the single A for me was more of a... I wouldn't say confidence boost, that's probably unfair, but, you know, getting to do more routine plays at a slower pace, you know, just getting to, getting to think for each play opposed to just playing on reaction helped me a lot. Um, also helped me, you know, see how the game, game's played a bit more in terms of, like, how you manage a team, you know, 
how you want guys to play, how you want to set lineups and whatnot. So it helped me a lot in terms of that side of the, the game as well. And then also explain your t-shirt. <laughs> oh, Rick. So this this is the, the Dundee originals, in my opinion, which way around am I going? I'll go so I guess. So I've got Brian Edwards here and then Ross Marnie. Oh, which way am I going? This way. Ross Marnie. And then Jamie Keefe, uh, Jamie Keefe, and then myself. We were the original Dundee bad boys. Paul, Paul Garner should be on that list too, but he didn't quite join Tayport fast enough to get onto the shirt. Who's <laughs> um, the core four then? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so it was us um, in Brian Edwards' living room for him asking us for X amount of pounds to start a team, and he would just keep the money himself. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole show on Brian Edwards. <laughs> he was quite the character. He sure was, sure was. Amazing. Well, thanks so very much again for joining us tonight, Scott. We're going to let you go, um, and then we'll head into the wrap-up. Uh, all the very best uh, with uh, next season and beyond. Uh, I'm you. sure I'll be I'll be swinging by Tayport at least once um, to call a game over there, so uh, I'll be I'll catch up with you then, man. Thanks yeah, again. Great to have you. Massive congratulations on the three championships, um, and in, in particular, great, uh, great, great job this past Sunday again, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for on the show. So, Jason, that's it for baseball in Scotland for 2022. Uh, we're we're done. We will. I'm hoping that we're going to have a couple of season episodes again this year. Um, there's one that I'm trying to put together in particular that that's that's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty spicy meatball. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one if we can get it get it together. Um, before we go tonight, I just wanted to uh, highlight something by an old friend of ours, um, Christopher Brown. Uh, he wrote a book, uh, or didn't really. It's probably wrong to say. Illustrated the book. Illustrated his own book. It's called uh, Baseball's Life Lessons from the Stars Who Played It, and I have a copy right here in my hand. Baseball's Life Lessons from the Stars Who Played It. Now it's uh, it's only forty one pages. Like you say, it's illustrated and stuff like that. There's uh, there's Warren Morris. This is going to be great for our podcast audience. They're going to love the photos. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's basically it's uh, different players. Um, and it, w- one thing that struck me was it's it's mostly different players from kind of the era when I was growing up. So it's mostly all guys that I know. Um, and it's just like got some wee quotes from them about uh, it's like like it says on the cover, baseball's life lessons. Um, and each one is illustrated with like a kind of a cartoony artwork of that player uh, done by the man himself. And there he is, Christopher Brown. Um, you can pick it up on his website. And I'm going to pop that on the screen just now. Uh, it's on his website at www.chrisbrownsportsart.net. Uh, I, I heartily recommend it. It's an excellent wee book. Uh, it's not it's not going to take forever to read. Um, and the illustrations are, are worth the... Uh, are worth the price alone. So, baseball's life lessons from the stars who played it by Christopher Brown, old friend. Uh, I recommend it. Also that. on Amazon. So, if you want to get on Amazon, you can get it on Amazon as well. Absolutely. Uh, yes. If you want to buy it from those from they who shall not be named, you can you can go there as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was more a thing. I don't know if Chris ships anything internationally. I'm sure he does, but uh, it is on Amazon, so you can pick it up that way as well. What in my hand, Jason? What do you think? <laughs> Post it ships uh, internationally. I don't know. Maybe you shipped it to somebody and shipped it over. But yeah, there you go. So uh... <laughs> thanks so very much, everybody who joined the stream tonight. Uh, thanks in advance to anyone who's watching on demand or listening to the podcast version. It'll be up 
uh, in the next day or two. Um, so until next time, which hopefully won't be too far in the future, uh, thanks so, for joining yeah, us. A couple things before we go. So obviously yeah. we have the awards night coming up. I believe it's yep. hosted in Edinburgh this year. So uh, look for further announcement of that. Uh, I looked up, I, I, I furiously Googled up what the hidden ball trick is. So you can, you are allowed on the pitchers, the okay. pitcher circle, but you cannot you get on the rubber. So there's the ruling on that. Right. So Scott was right. It was basically what you're saying. So long as he, like I said, he wasn't on the rubber or straddling the rubber or like that. Yeah. And yeah, so um, there you go. So that's at least that's, that's what the yeah. internet tells me. <laughs> and and b- before yeah. I go, I want your World Series prediction. Oh, um, do you know what? Yankees over Braves. Oh man, that would be boring. Giancarlo Stanton is 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 hitting God tier right at the perfect time. DJ LeMayu is back, and he's looking pretty comfortable at the plate. I think Yankees can go all all the way, and I think the Braves have got it in that we get back to the series. But I think Yankees over the Braves in six. That's my official prediction. Oh God, that's I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> What's your what's your prediction? Guy Mariners Padres in seven, of course. have both my teams in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, you've absolutely lost your mind, Jason, and that's why we love you. Um, quickly before we head off, uh, Jason West hashtag chop on. It's only fitting that we would end the show with Jason West for the 2022 season because uh, his club has absolutely dominated it. Uh, Massive congratulations one last time to the table breakers. We've said that we've said that time and time and time again. Such a great setup, such amazing people, uh, a beautiful ballpark to visit. I look forward to seeing the the table breakers guys as a neutral uh, much more uh, uh, moving through next season as I call more games on the streams. Great. And I'm hoping <laughs> you'll join me. I'm hoping that you'll join me for at least one or two of them this time. I can't see if I can make it. I've been busy. <laughs> I'll be okay. Now, once yeah. I settle into the job, I'll be all right. And catch the wave as well, says Jason. So uh, that's going to be it from me, John McKellar. And it's me, Jason Durr. I hope you guys are doing well and hope to see you at the awards show. Yeah. And we'll do a show uh, with uh, Paul Convoy, I'm sure, after that to talk through the different award winners. So until then, thanks and all good right. night. Good night, guys.